So, I uh, wasn't raised in church. I didn't know anything about Jesus except for when people got mad, they said, Oh, Jesus Christ, you know? Like, that's literally all I knew. No one had ever preached the gospel to me. Um, and I was a drug dealer for many years, from 14 till about 24, and ended up in prison uh, with a weapons charge. And uh, I was paranoid, hearing voices in my head. I thought the government was after me, you know, but I had demons in my body, and I didn't know what they were. And I was in prison for a while, and I one day decided to pray and I prayed, God, would you forgive me for hurting people? Would you forgive me for my life? And nothing really happened at that moment. But there was a guy in the prison named Country. Big dude that just wanted to be my friend. And, and he said to me, I, I, I was coming back from the library and I had a stack of books on the brain, on nutrition, conspiracies, you know, I'm like walking back there and I said, I'm going to figure out what all these voices are in my head. And he goes, all the answers you need are in the Bible. And he'd never said anything about the Bible before, right? And so I said, no, they're not. And it just came out of me, right? And because I had read the Bible before and I couldn't understand it, I was reading Ezekiel, <laughs> that's where I was trying to figure out my answer. It's kind of a hard book to start with, right? Flaming chariots. I'm like, how is this going to help me? Because nobody told me, don't, don't start at Ezekiel. We should tell people that, by the way, probably. <laughs> but uh, I think we do. Start with John, you know. Yeah, that's, right. That's easiest. But uh, so I was like, no, the answers aren't in there. And But that word hit me like a different type of word. And I was like, well, I'm back to my prison cell, open my Bible, open to Ephesians 2 this time. That's a better place to open. And it says, by grace through faith you have been saved, and this is not of your own doing. I read that in an instant. Demons that were in my body for four years, I was in the mental hospital four times, in and out of jail 26 times, for fighting, for drugs. In an instant, every voice stopped. And I was freaked out. Um, I knew it was because of the power of the word. I saw the word like a light, and I thought it was going to come back because I was so accustomed to hearing those voices, and it was all of a sudden silent. So I said, okay, I have a window here <laughs> to understand the Bible. I thought it, I was sure it was going to come back. And uh, I kept reading and reading. I, I woke myself up, you know, 4 o'clock chow time, and I stayed up until like midnight every day reading the Bible, reading the Bible over and over and over, and I started to realize, hey, those were demons. <laughs> and then I started to realize we have authority over demons. And then I realized, whoa, I'm born again. I'm a new creation. I started seeing everything new, like a fog had lifted from my mind, you know. So everything, I really believed that I was a new creation. I believed the Word of God. I saw things that we were kings in the, to reign over the earth by the blood of Jesus, that we have victory over all the powers of Satan. Yes. That, I mean, and I knew it because all the powers of Satan had left me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we got victory. That's what was going on. And then I see about the church and I see 
the gloriousness in there about how the church is to order and organize and work together and love and, and all this stuff and victory. And I got out of prison and I started going to churches. And they were not talking about the victory that I saw. And they were not carrying the power that I was feeling when they were talking. But the people were like, Amen, Hallelujah. And it was just a norm, normal messages, just normal talking. And I was like, God, that guy's not talking about victory. That guy's talking about defeat. Why are they saying amen? And I didn't understand because I saw God's people as kings that reign on the earth. How many of you guys ever read that part in the Bible? That we were purchased by the blood to be kings that reign over the earth. And then I have, have you guys ever read the part where it said that the prince of this world has already been judged? You guys ever read that? John 16, 11? The prince of this world has been judged. What about the part where it says in John 12, 31 or 33, it said, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now is the time for the prince of this world to be driven out. Jesus said that. <laughs> A lot of people forget about that one. Because they think he still has a right to be here. And so I went into the church and I heard, they said, a prayer call. And, you know, I understand prayer call, you know, people dealing with stuff. But it was like an hour of people talking about how the devil was attacking them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, what's going on? And so I went to the next church and I just kept going to different churches. And I didn't understand why everyone was divided. I didn't understand that there was so many different theologies and groups and stuff like this. I'm like, man, we're supposed to be working together. It's the same Jesus. We have the same mission. Rebuild, renew, restore. But people didn't see it. They, they, they thought it was about numbers or they thought it was about, you know, who, who looks the best at church, who worships the best, who dances the best. And I'm watching everybody being weird, you know. And I'm like, God, what is this? We're supposed to be reigning on earth. And uh, so I was confused for a long time, guys. <laughs> I was like, what, what am I supposed to do about all this? Why do I see this, God? And other people are just saying amen in a trance, you know. He said, because I called you to teach my people. I said, okay, well, <laughs> I will do that, you know. And I ended up, you know, getting pastor or mentored we could say by an 81 year old pastor methodist pastor who was just like an exact replica of jesus love and his name was jack montgomery and he told me he said you know many people don't read their bibles he said they just believe what the preacher says most people have not read their bible and i was like man yeah i read it a bunch <laughs> it's like I, I see a lot, and, and they don't read it, but they believe these passed down ideas that have not bore fruit in the church. They haven't bore fruit in people's lives. Maybe a little baby fruit, maybe some kind of fruits, but he wants kingdom fruit that lasts on the earth. Kingdom. He wants us to be kings. <laughs> like... Do we get that? We have sonship trainings, you know, there's courses on sonship online everywhere. And then every once in a while, someone's like, kingship training. I'm like, oh man, did somebody figure out the gospel? <laughs> and, you know, because that's what 
the climax of this thing is, right? That all, Galatians 3.8 says the gospel is all nations will be blessed. How are they going to be a blessed if the wicked people are in charge? Man, come on, brother. How would, come on. Have you guys read? Let's, let's read that real fast, and then I'll, I'll finish my story. But uh, Galatians 3.8, everybody open your Bible. Because there's two, I would say there's two things that God wants me to teach on this earth. If he has me a teacher for any reason, it would be the church has missed the blessing of Abraham and the promise of Abraham. And when I say that to pastors, what's the promise of Abraham? They can't tell me. Even though Galatians 3.8 says Christ hung on a tree or a pole or a cross, however you, whichever version you have, Christ hung on a cross so that the blessing and promise given to Abraham will come to the Gentiles. They say the promise of the Spirit will come to the Gentiles. So they say, oh, the promise of the Holy Spirit, that we would get baptized. That's not what I'm saying. It's the promise God gave to Abraham <laughs> through the Holy Spirit. And people don't know the promise. And it was that all nations would be blessed. But let's look at Galatians 3.8. Okay, so in the beginning right there, it says... And Scripture foreseeing, some versions say, and God told Abraham in advance the gospel. He told him the gospel in advance, saying, all nations will be blessed because you obeyed me. Right? So he announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. That's why it talks about Abraham so much in the New Testament. That's why it says, okay, let's go to Galatians 3.13 real quick. 3.13, I'll read it. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order, in order, some versions say, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay. The promise. I shouldn't get into all that. That's the, I, guys, I just want to let you know that this is very important, okay? And the church doesn't talk on this, but it's about all nations being blessed and God's people taking charge of the nations. All right, so let me back up. I was uh, out of prison. I got a job, and I, I was working at a telemarketing center, and about the only type of job... You can get decent with a felony. And so I'm sitting there early one day, and I look across the street, and there was this big glowing cross. And God said, go over there. And so I went over there. It was like 6 in the morning, 7, early. And I walk in, and there was a lady there named Hart, Hart Kaiser. And uh, she was like the secretary of this place called Project Hope. And I went in there. She invited me to Nicaragua. And I was like, I'm on parole. I can't go to Nicaragua. You know, she, but what can I do to help? And I had a study group, not this big, but we had a Bible study group. People that were out of prison, I organized it. And I said, well, we can bring some Bibles. So I got my first paycheck, brought 50 Bibles out, and the vice president of the group was like, hey, come have lunch with me. So he again invited me to Nicaragua, and he invited me again, and I kept telling him, I am on parole. I cannot go. 
but he asked me like four times. And so I was like, well, maybe God is going to do a miracle. I'll ask my PO, you know. And so I went in there, and I said, hey, this guy's asking me to go build a church in Nicaragua and tell my testimony how Jesus delivered me from demons. And I was like, you think I could do that? And she goes, I can tell that this is very important to you. <laughs> and actually, I didn't even give it any thought that it was possible. She said, I'm going to go to Jefferson City and talk to the board and see if I can get you to go. And I was like, okay, whatever. On parole for a weapon charge. It's one of those things that just doesn't happen, right? No, it's, yeah, it just doesn't happen. You can't do it. It's a no. You can't, you're not supposed to leave the state, you know, or city sometimes, you know. And so, but she knew I was saved. She, like, I was preaching to her and trying to get her to say she wasn't saved. But she's like, I can tell you believe this stuff. <laughs> but she wasn't saved. Um, anyways, I think she did get saved probably after a while. But I told her, like, read the Bible, read this one, read this part. And uh, so anyways, like, a week or two weeks came, came by, and I get a call, and she goes, guess what? You can go to Nicaragua. And I'd never been out of the country or anything. And so I was like, okay. They got me a plane ticket. Went down there, and I was building this church, and I was watching Curry Blake, Pete Cabrera, Todd White, you know, I was hitting the streets, I went to the homeless shelter, I didn't have a place to live, and I was just praying for people, and seeing miracles, and so I went to Nicaragua, and I was like, I pray for healings, who wants to be healed, you know, and they all lined up, and I started praying, 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 walk around the corner, and the, pat, the guy we were giving the church to, the pastor, was like stumbling a little bit. And then he sat down. I said, what's wrong? He said, the devil's attacking me. And I was like, really? Okay, well, let's pray. And I, I stood him up and I'm praying. And this lady from across the way comes walking over. And she's like, what's wrong? How can I help? And I, I said, well, this guy has a demon. He says, messing with him and his leg is hurt and I'm going to pray for him. And she's like, he's the pastor. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and she's like, pastor's kind of like, pastor's not going to have a demon, you know? And I was, and she asked him, do you have a problem right now with the demon messing with you? He's like, yeah. And so I just prayed in Jesus' name, devil get out, leg be healed. And uh, the power of God just went boom and filled all of us to where we're just like, we all started crying. He got healed. And uh, awesome. that, that lady is my wife now. <laughs> wow. Um, her name's Kimberly. We have eight years married, one son. Um, but it was the most powerful thing I'd probably ever experienced, guys. And, and we just all instantly started crying because of the power. And I only had that happen one other time where God broke me into tears, you know. And uh, I was like, God, man, I wish some people, more people would have saw that, you know, but it turned out my wife, you know. And so, yeah, I tried to get her to the USA. I'm condensing this for you so we can get to some cool stuff. But I was trying to get her to the USA, and I didn't feel the hand of God helping me. <laughs> I tried and tried, and nothing worked. And then I even got denied to get her over just on a visa. And they denied me. I'm like, God, what's up, man? You're usually helping me with stuff. 
why am I not seeing any help? And uh, I said, do you want me to go to Nicaragua or something? And right when I said that, the Holy Spirit just hit me, and I knew that I was supposed to go to Nicaragua. So now we have two churches. We have a feeding program. We uh, have a business. I run multiple businesses, and um, I have a farm. I run a farm with about 30 goats. We got breed dogs and goats and uh, fruit trees. Fruit trees. I got thousand something fruit trees and uh, yeah so God has like prospered me in a lot of stuff and I want to tell you kind of why and I want us to read a scripture but I don't believe I believe in Jesus as Lord but I don't believe the accepted idea of how this all plays out right whole end of the planet you know, like I don't believe it's the, I believe God so loved this world. The cosmos is the word. God so loved the world. But most people think it's God just loved people. And I don't think that way. I think God so loved the world he sent his son to save it. Because <laughs> that's what it says. And I just believe that. People say, no, there's a rapture. I said, what's that? I didn't see that. What's a rapture? And, there, and then one guy was a Hebrew scholar and he was telling me all about the rapture for about an hour. I said, but you say you're going to be in the clouds forever with the Lord, so shall you ever be, but also we're going to inherit the earth. He said, yeah, that's after. I said, it doesn't make any sense. How are you going to be in the clouds forever and then come back forever is forever, right? He's like, you know what? We don't really know what's going to happen. <laughs> and I said, why are you acting like you do then? Because <laughs> people need to feel like they know what, right. what's going on. There's a psychological thing for this, but it's not a good thing to have to like create a reality and say, this is what it is, even when it's not really sitting right. Okay, And so that's what didn't sit right with me. And I know God loves this earth. So I got back from Nicaragua. I'm on a walk, and I had a talk with God because I'm like, God, I'm casting devils out on the streets, but there's devils in the high places. I said, and as far as I know, they're all judged. They're all defeated. There's not no higher level, higher devil. You kicked them all out of me. Even that principality that almost killed me, made me crazy. You kicked them all out. I said, when are we going after those devils? When are we going after the evil in the high places? Or are we just going to leave it there? <laughs> you guys ever ask yourself that question? Huh? Yeah? yeah. Who's asked themselves that question? Do, is it only street level, God? Are we just only the streets? Or can't, what about these? Because obviously through COVID, they have manifested at the high places and we can see them, right? And many churches are defeated because they've been saying it's the last days and now they get their wish. It looks like the last days, but it's continuing and continuing. Is it going to happen or not? No, it's not the last days of the planet. It's the last days of Satan. Satan is exposed right now because it's his last days. And my book, guys, look, tells, like, I've been teaching this for 10 years, but it says, the end of Satan, the beginning of God's kings. Okay? And I don't need you to buy my book, guys. I'm not... 
pitching for money. I'm not preaching for money. I already told you God bless me. All right, but I want to let you guys know, I don't believe in the end of the world. And there's a lot of people on this planet like me. And we believe in restoring this earth. We believe that God's people are supposed to be in charge. Not that we're just waiting for some doom and gloom destruction. We believe that, you know, that was talking about the end of an age. Okay? Not the end of the planet. Matthew 24. So many preachers jump up. Preach Matthew 24. What will be the sign of the end of the world? That's what King James says. But it's actually end of the age. Aeon. It's not world. You guys can look that up. <laughs> that's a big difference. But that's caused people to think that it's the end of the world. And it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, guys. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Right or no? Yes. We agree to that, but when I say it's not the end of the world, you guys are like... <laughs> right? How many of y'all believe we're supposed to restore the world? Okay, why would we restore it if it's the end of the world? Gotcha. I can get you on a lot of them because it's not the end of the world. God so loved the world, why would he destroy it? So, God so loved the world, God is reconciling the world, it says, right? What does that mean? Just people, right? <laughs> That's how we've made it. We've made it, God just loves people. Don't touch the creation part because we don't understand it. Guys, we, can, we should all be able to admit, at least, that the whole rapture and end times thing is confusing. Is, can we admit that? Okay, so if it's confusing, look what happens. We don't have faith in that area, so we live short-sighted. We don't plan for the future like we should. Why do you think these globalists have 20, Agenda 2030, 2040? Where's the church's agenda? We don't have one because we think it's the end of the world. That's right. Government. Yeah, people don't even want to talk about politics. They say, oh, that's for the devil. No, this earth is ours. Yeah. Jesus says, time for Satan to be driven off the earth. You see? So that's been the problem. And uh, I've been trying to help people realize, like, hey, this authority we've been given is over all the powers of the enemy. And these leadership positions in the world, all these thrones were created who knows the scripture? By and for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So let's go ahead and read something. You guys believe that we're supposed to restore the earth? I want to make that clear. Who, well, who doesn't believe that? Who thinks we're not supposed to restore the earth? Scriptures on restoring the world, it would be like Ephesians where it says, when he descended, he also ascended and began the restoration of all things. And also in Isaiah, I think it's 61, where it says, That's where we we're rebuild going. old ruins. Yes. The reason why I believe that God has blessed me with land and fields and the, the blessing of Abraham, okay, is because I believe that we're supposed to make this world a better place. Okay? And I believe it strongly. And I believe it so much so that I believe we have the authority to confront, in a polite way, those who are in our thrones, Jesus' thrones, okay, and say, hey, if you don't know God, you can't do this job. Amen. And I believe that we have the backing of heaven to say that and make change. Amen. 
Because whose world is this? Ours. This is ours. It's not the devil's. That's right. Okay. Can we all agree with that? Okay. And if it's ours, then, okay, so if God created this earth, why is it a strange idea for us to think that, that, that we should be in charge? Like, I tell people, hey, we're supposed to be in charge of this earth, and they think that it's some new strange concept. I've never heard this before. How could we? That, that's not right. I've had people attack me, tell me false, false teacher, false prophet, and I'm saying, man, why is that weird? If you build something for your kids, do you have kids? If you build them a playhouse or whatever, and you, you want them to have that. You don't want that to get passed on to some neighbor. You don't want some evil person taking possession of that. You want your kid to have that. And you probably want to build it right so they have it for a long time. And so God created this planet for his children, not the devil. And so what happened was I got back and I asked God, back to my story, I asked God, I said, are we just doing this on the street level? Or are we taking these devils out in the high places too? And he said, look at my creation. I said, okay. I was on a walk. And uh, I said, it's beautiful. And he said, do you think that I created this earth for evil to be in control? I was like, no. He said, well, what are you going to do about it? And... Uh, didn't say nothing else to me after that. But I was like, what do you mean, me? What are you going to do? And so I want to ask you guys that. Do you realize that we have the authority, that Jesus gave us authority on the earth? We are the body of Christ. And God wants us to finish off the enemy and reign as kings now. What if this world isn't being destroyed? What if it was actually a destruction of an age, the end of the Mosaic age, the end of the temple? They were in the temple when they're talking about the end times, the end of the age, the end of the Mosaic age. What if that is true? Then we have stuff to do, guys. <laughs> we're, or we could try the other theologies and just sit with that and just wait and let it get worse and worse. You see what they're doing in the schools now? He, the enemy's creeping forward, right? That what we believed in the church isn't stopping him, is it? What we've been doing isn't isn't doing the job. Or are we just supposed to suffer and let the devil dominate us? You think God wants that? No. You think He wants us to learn something new? Learn some new knowledge so that we can actually win? Well. We can win, guys. I've been winning 10 years because I realized that I have power over the devil because of Jesus. All right? I realized we have complete victory now, and I believe it. And he doesn't mess with me. I mess with him. That, that's the whole thing is I got out of prison. They asked me, they said, Corey, we want you to preach. The, the same church where they were complaining about the devil and all that, one day he just looks at me and he goes, Holy Ghost says, you're going to preach today. And I was wild, you know, like, right out of prison. You guys are crazy. You need to believe more. Like, and so I, I grabbed the mic, and I, was, I just prayed. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless this city, bless this church, and devil, I command you out of all these people. 
and don't return. And uh, so then I got done, and like four of the elders came, and they're like, Corey, you can't pray like that. You can't tell, talk to the devil like that and tell him what to do. He will come after you. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what he thought. Four elders, and they were... That's about right, though. That's what they, they say. You can't disrespect Satan, you know. He's a holy angel or something, but or he'll come after you. And I, I said, man, you guys are scared of the devil? That's what I said to him. You guys are scared of the devil? Are you guys scared of the devil? Don't be scared. <laughs> He's scared of us. Man. And I said, you got it wrong. I said, I'm coming after him. He's not coming after me. See, we've been playing defense, guys. The church is playing defense because they're not thinking ahead. They're not planning for a future because they've been taught there is no future. It's the end of the planet. And we were just talking about this today. It's made the church stupid. Well, you didn't say it that way. (laughs) No, we've been dumbed down because, think about it, if we're not thinking far out into the future, our brain's not working at a max max capacity. We're working short-sighted how to survive, not how to thrive, not how to build a legacy, not how to build wealth for our children's children. You see that? The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You, you don't do that if it's the end of the world. Why bother? Why bother? So, did God bring me all the way from my jungle here to tell you guys this, to help you, or am I just crazy? You got to decide. You got to ask God. But I'm here to tell you, I've, for 10 years I've been preaching this, that it's not the end of the world, that God is raising his people up to take charge. And that scares people because they say, well, how could I be in charge of the city? How could I do that? Let me ask you this. You think you could do better than a devil worshiper? Come on now. Right? Right? Come on now. 100%. Even if you're not fully educated in politics, like, whatever. Learn. How many of y'all are stuck right now? Be honest. Just stuck doing the same things. We got to move forward, guys. That's what I'm saying. I didn't stop this whole COVID. I'm moving forward. I'm... Making program, making books. Why? Because I know it's not the end. I know that we win. <laughs> and we need more people to believe for this victory. And it changes the world. Believe that we win. And we're winning now. And that it is the fall of the satanic regime in this world. It is the end of Satan. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It says Satan is judged. Jesus said it's time for him to be removed off the face of this earth. There's going to be a day. Get this. Psalm 37. What did King David say in there? He said, one day you'll look for the wicked and there'll be no more. Psalm 37. It says, verse 1, Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers. They will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desire of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. 
He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Am I still wrong, guys? <clears throat> Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. If you look that up in Hebrew, no more, circle that right notes, look it up in Hebrew, guys. The wicked will be no more. It means the wicked will become non-existent. They're going to be off the planet one day, guys. We win, eventually. <laughs> okay, And I'm trying to help us speed this process up by believing in the complete victory now. It says, Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. Where will they go? It says, But the meek shall inherit the land. Jesus said that too, right? Why do you say that if you're going to destroy it? It said, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that their day is coming. Can I get on something right quick? Yeah. So, verse 9, for the evildoers shall be cut off, not us. And those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. We inherit the earth. Well, we preach as if they're going to inherit the earth, but they don't inherit the earth, because the righteous, verse number 11, but the meek inherit the earth, basically the righteous inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace, is what mine says, and we just preached on the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, that's what we inherit, and right here it says the abundance of peace will be ours, we'll, be del we'll delight in it. And I want to say something real quick. You know, in Isaiah 61, it says you'll rebuild, renew, restore broken places. You will have vineyards and animals and, all, and foreigners will work your fields. I read that and I knew it was talking to me. How many of y'all know that's talking to you? Yeah, I knew it was talking to me, but I'm like, how is that going to happen? I'm just out the homeless shelter sleeping on my friend's couch. <laughs> how am I going to do that? But now, when I wrote this book, I put that scripture in there and said, as I'm writing this, I'm watching foreigners work my fields and tend my animals. <laughs> I said, what I said, I said, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I believe you. I don't know how all these kings are going to rise up for you, God, and we're going to take over this world, but I believe you. I'm not going to try to figure it out in my head, even though we do need to plan, we do need to be strategic, but we need to just believe what it says that we were purchased by the blood and have been, doesn't say will be, have been made kings that reign on the earth, right? And yeah, there's going to be doubt talking. Our brains are powerful, so they're going to criticize, analyze everything. But what are we doing? We came here, right? So why don't we just believe the word and tell the doubt to shut up? And say, no, 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 this is big. <laughs> I'm going to believe this. But who else? It says that the righteous will never be removed. I'm not sure where that's at, but someone can talk about that. 
which which blows that rapture thing away right there. The righteous will never be removed. Yeah. But also, I was going to ask you on since you got that message from the time you started seeing this, it took about 50 years for it to manifest, right? Seeing which part? The fruits of this message come out. In your no, life. it took two years. When I so I learned about the blessing of Abraham, guys. That's what it says in. in Galatians 3, right? 13 and 14. It says that Christ died on the cross so that the blessing would be given to the Gentiles and the promise of the Spirit by faith. So I was like, this blessing, and I got around a few Pentecostal people. They knew about the blessing of Abraham. I'm not Pentecostal. I don't have any of that stuff. But they at least knew what the blessing of Abraham was. And I started investigating it, and one day I was at this service, and this guy just spoke the blessing. Blessed are those who bless you. Cursed are those who curse you. All nations shall be blessed. And this guy spoke it, and I felt like I was getting baptized with the Holy Spirit again. And I didn't really understand the importance of why I felt that, but I knew that God wanted me to investigate it. You guys investigate why Jesus died on a cross so that you could have the blessing. How many of y'all ever read that? He died on a cross so that you could have the blessing of Abraham. That means we need to investigate Abraham's life. And it said Abraham grew exceedingly wealthy in livestock, gold, and silver. I got all that checked off except gold. I'm not super wealthy in silver, but I got a bunch of silver. Okay? Why? Because I believe. Why can't I have some silver too, God? It's your earth. You give it to us. The wicked should have bars of gold and silver and not us. It's beautiful. I like the color. When I first was introduced to it, somebody pointed out, like, if we really believe, the, truly believe the end time message, whether you're pre, post, whatever, or mid, it'd be better for us to pray, Lord, save them, baptize them, Holy Ghost, and take them home. Like, the, the reality of it, if I'm wanting somebody to come to the kingdom and say, just live out, hang on, until it gets really crappy, and at some point, I'm going to rip you out of here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't come to that kingdom. I wouldn't want to come and be saved to that. So if I really believed the end times message, I would want to pray, Lord, take them now so they don't have to walk through this because that would be what a good father would do. If I really believed the end times message, I'd want to get them saved and send them to heaven. Like that would be the end result. That's how we would pray. That's probably really what God message. would do too if... He really loved us, and there was an end times, not make us suffer through it. Yeah, I mean, that's, so that helped me, like, when I was starting to study, it's like, man, if I really believed this, I would pray differently for somebody when I got them saved. Lord, save them, and take them. We would be, like, getting them saved and have the funerals right there. <laughs> you know, and, but to touch on that, guys, like, so my mom used to say, Corey, it's not the end of the world, stop freaking out. You guys ever heard that? Yeah. <laughs> because when you think it's the end of the world, you start acting funny. You do. You don't plan businesses. You don't plan college funds. You don't plan all these things that need to be planned out. I heard one guy in one Facebook group. He's like, I got a revelation. The Lord's returning in, a, in, in February or something. He had, a, he had a date, right? And everybody's like, you can't have a date. You know, the whole argument, <laughs> arguing back and forth. And he's like, yeah. I got a word from the Lord. Everybody, let's max out our credit cards. That'll show them. Bruh. <laughs> yeah. They think, let's end of the world. Let's just max out our cards. Let's 
live how we, how whatever. Be straight and be married. Yeah. Like, why take care of ourselves? Yeah, but in preaching this 10 years, I've seen thousands of people come to see what I see. And they've told me these stories that they really believed it was the end time, so much so that they didn't even brush their teeth no more. Yeah, they don't want us to know that, that Satan's judged and that this planet, we have authority for all these evil spirits to kick them to the lake of fire. It's the time, like, the, remember when the, when the demon was like, did you come to torment us before our time? You remember that? Well, dude, what's the time? What other time are we waiting on? He was already on a cross, already descended, already ascended, and is seated at the throne. It's time for us to send them off the planet. And the book of Enoch tells that. Mm -hmm. But they don't let you read the book of Enoch. Don't read the book of Enoch. It was written. They, got, they make up all kinds of stories. That's why on my website, I have the book of Enoch so you can play it. And so he's been trying this plan for a long time to get the believers to think that it's the end of the planet, not the end of his reign. Because the, the, the promise of Abraham, when God took Abraham up the mountain to sacrifice his son, a ram showed up, right? And it, on the mountain of the Lord, the Lord will provide. And all preachings mostly stop right there. But right after it says, And then an angel of the Lord appeared for a second time to Abram and said, Because you believed in me and trusted in me, I will multiply your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, sand, and seashore. And through your descendants, they will take possession of the gates of their enemies, and all nations will be blessed. That's the gospel that was announced in advance right there. That, that's the promise of the Spirit. Um, and so the gates of our enemies, we're going to possess the gates of our enemies. That's positions of supreme power. Yeah, it's not a... Just think about it like this. How can it be a hard thought for us that we're supposed to be in charge? Because if we're not, look what's going on. <laughs> it's when the righteous are in charge, the people rejoice. When the wicked are in charge, the people go into hiding. And that's exactly what this past two years has produced. The wicked are not supposed to be in charge. God is reconciling this world back to himself. Can I bring up that. two things, though? I want to bring up two Dude, things that, that, Whatever you want. that I hear a lot of hang-ups on. But everybody quotes Matthew 24. I know. But the conversation starts in Matthew 23. And it's to the woes. And it ends in 25. Right. Chapter 25. And so the woes are, woe to you, scribes. You Pharisees, not to the world. Woe to you, Jerusalem. Not America. Woe to you, Jerusalem. You will He's being see these specific. Yep. And then in 24, the conversation continues. Then Jesus went out, departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said this, Do you not, do you not see all these things? Talking about the temple. Not one stone here will be left on top I of say them. not one stone here shall be left upon them. He's not talking about the earth, but we want to go and start quoting they this conversation yep. as if it's for now. But he was talking about the temple. And if you notice at the end, he says something that has always bothered me. This generation will not pass until these things come. And we're saying it's, it still didn't come. And we're saying it's still to come. That means when we're saying says, Jesus is a liar. Look at these buildings, not one stone. But they said, when is this going to come? And he starts telling them, when you see the, the army surround Jerusalem. We're acting as if this is a future thing, and it's not. And it happened in that generation. 
Do your research. Go Google, to 70 yeah. AD. Google. Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple. Yeah, if you Google it, I had a church the other day in, in Nicaragua. I said, Google it, guys. There's a big piece of history that you need to know. And in 70 AD, which is 37 years after yeah. Jesus started his ministry, within a generation, 40 years yeah. of the generation, Jerusalem was destroyed. Right. The temple was destroyed. They couldn't <coughs> practice the law anymore because they had to worship yeah. in the temple. God lived in that temple. Now he lives in a new temple. Right. It totally ended the old covenant. Yeah. Destroyed it. But check this out. If that's true, what we're saying right now, and the law was wiped out, and then we're in a new age, what age are we in? We're the, in the eternal kingdom age. Yeah. Right? From Isaiah 9, doesn't it say, once his, the government on his shoulders, of its increase, there shall be no end. The increase of the kingdom, Daniel, it talks about it as a mountain that grows and covers the entire earth, crushes all these other kingdoms, brings them to nothing. But we rise and... So, um, what else? What else? Well, it's just like what you were you posted the other day. Jesus said his kingdom was already here. They came to Jesus and said, when is your kingdom coming? Oh, yeah. And he said, it, you don't get it, it's inside you. And then we're still asking that same question today. Jesus, when is your kingdom coming? And he's answering it the same way. It's already here. The Bible, we all know, says the wealth is laid up for the righteous. Okay? Everyone's been preaching that. It's coming. It's right around the corner. Why hasn't it came? Well, be because we haven't, we haven't known what to use it for. Okay? We don't, if we say a billion dollars comes into the church... They kind of halfway believe in restoration. No, they're going to put band-aids on all the problems and they're going to come right back. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to rise up and they're going to freak everyone else out. It's the end of the world. That's why God can't make someone who th who's really freaking out thinking it's the end of the world into a king over a nation because half the nation doesn't think that and they're out working, planning their future for their kids, doing almost better than a, than a believer because the unbelievers... Are believing for a brighter future and they would get up there in charge and freak everybody out and he wants to move us easily not with a crazy battle war into Come these on. positions Amen. he wants us to use that prophecy the gift of prophecy the power of words believing in our heart that we can move mountains you know and approach these people who think they can lead over us who are these people like David do you think David would be okay right now King David you think he would be okay with COVID he would be like, who are these uncircumcised Philistines trying to tell me to wear a mask? Come on, Jesus. <laughs> right? Wouldn't he? He just walked out on the battlefield and said, who's this guy insulting the armies of the living God? I will kill him. <laughs> Chop his head off. I believe God spoke to me that we need to take much more action. We, we have to be the ones. Because the people that have the revelation, like, dude, he's going to back us. The other people aren't even going to try it. What we've learned is how many Christians don't take action when they should. But they don't take action. Guys, I preach, my podcast gets out to lots of like level military people, and they don't want to do anything because they're afraid of the devil. They're afraid no one else will stand up with them. They're afraid they're the minority. We who know authority, who know we have victory over the devil, that the devil can't come and kill me, he can't take my life. He can't touch my family. I know this. You got to know this. And you, the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Okay? Just believe it. Jesus said, 
Behold, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you believe that, you would go to your mayor who is ungodly and say, hey, you can't do this job. And you would fear nothing. But you have to believe, that's the, the solution is, okay, remember what we talked about today? Remember what we read at the table? You think it's time to, re- I should probably read that. Because this is going to answer your question. If we go to Ephesians chapter 3, all of chapter 3, all right? So Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, if you've listened to my podcast, listen to me, I say it all the time. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10 says God's mysterious plan has been made known to us. Paul's like, dude, we know it. We know the plan. At the right time or the culmination of the age, the age of Moses, all things in heaven and on earth will be joined together under one authority, Christ Jesus. So that's heaven coming to earth and Jesus being in charge of the earth. That's the plan. His mysterious plan has been made known. Ephesians 3 says that this plan has to be made known by the church to the rulers and authorities in the high places. And we're like, why do, why do we need to do that? Because they don't know either that we have the authority. They don't know the gospel. Nobody really knows the gospel. Hardly anyone really knows the gospel of the kingdom right now. They, it's simple. The gospel, Jesus said the kingdom is like a mustard seed. It grows into the largest of all garden trees. It's like yeast. A woman puts in a measure of dough. It works all the way through. The book of Daniel, it says the kingdom is like a mountain or a rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. It grows into this mountain that covers the entire earth. We have to understand the government of God is here. It came when Jesus was born, and it's increasing. It's increasing. But the church has been, it's kind of like when you pray for healing, and the person says, ow, You know, they cancel the prayer out right afterwards by default. Well, the church has been canceling out what we've been working on. That's why Jesus flipped the tables over. It was about prayer. He said, don't you know my Father's house should be a house of prayer for the nations? You're supposed to pray for the nations. When I'm out at my farm, I said, God gave me this platform to pray for the nations. I literally have a house on this flat spot up in the mountains, and I pray for the nations. It's the most powerful times I've ever had. We even had an earthquake happen once, right when we started. You have to believe God. You you have to say, all right, God, you said this. I believe this. I want to see this happen. What do I got to do? What do we got to do? How do we do this? And that brought me here first. This is the first place I'm going in America first. So all you guys, God brought you here supernaturally, all right? Because I've been on this message for a long time, and... No, not very many people have received it. Or they have, and they got scared. And they say, well, that's too big for me. I don't know if I could lead a city. And while we don't lead the cities, by default, the enemy is trying to do it. So it's time to, it's, I don't care who you are. If you know Jesus, you've got the Holy Ghost, and you're not afraid of the devil, you need to start educating yourself. Why can't we create our own city? Why can't we create our own nation? You can buy nations. You know that? You can buy a nation. There's, there's like four ways to get a nation. Wikipedia will tell you, actually. I was like, how do you get your own nation? And it was like wiki uh, tips or whatever. What's it called? But if you think about like this, what I'm talking about, what I'm sharing, it's already been established in the heavens. It's already, Satan's already judged, okay? 
we already have the authority to kick into the lake of fire. All right, and there's another teaching, try to tell you hell isn't real and all this stuff. Well, read the book of Enoch. <laughs> like, read some other books. Hell is a real place. And I've had visions of hell, and that's for the evil spirits, not for God's people. But we have to send them there. We have to command them to the lake of fire. And there is a day, the Bible says, where God sits and laughs at the way he knows their day is coming. And the Bible does prophesy about a day where God comes in and helps us remove all this evil but while that's not happening what we're supposed to do is educate the church in the truth what what we're talking about imagine how much easier it would be for us to do our job if the church knew what we're talking about right now and they they agreed that hey yeah we need to start working on restoring and not waiting for this other garbage that we know isn't true. You, like you say, I know all of them are wrong. May, do I have a chance that maybe this is right? Possibly. Okay, well, I'll take that. Because <laughs> he said everyone was wrong so far, but at least I have proof, okay? And I'm not holding on two scriptures that kind of fit. Cramming them like a puzzle piece that don't go in. All right, so what do we do? We have to figure out if this is the truth or not. And get settled on it. And if it is, then we have to help the people understand. Yeah. If we fail to receive something, it's because we need to believe it. But what you're talking about, God wants us to learn to be producers. That's yeah. the only way I prospered. Yeah. Is when I put my hand to the plow and started producing products and services that actually convert into dollars. If you want dollars, you have to have a product or a service that can convert into dollars. Right? There's, we there's, don't wait on it to manifest yeah. in our bank. We don't wait on a lottery. There's a lot of people who do that because of the stories, but we have to be producers. And those producers, right, from Luke 19, they produced, they, yeah. they gained with that money. Right. They were trusted with the cities. That's right. So the people who can produce, they can get the kingship yep. spoken. That's right. Uh, that's what, when we assemble, that's where we need to be discussing. How do we get on offense? Who's on offense right now? What are you doing? How can we help? Right? He's on offense right now, guys. You need to find out how to help him. Yeah? Not just hear him. He's on offense. Like, he called, he, he you invited me. <laughs> like, dude, you're using faith. You're doing God's will, man. And we need to help him. And he has a vision that is beautiful. He, he needs land. He, he's going to have land. He's going to build communities, a city. He's thinking cities. Okay? See, not everyone wants to think that because it is big, but some of us do want to think that. Some of us do want to do it because it, God put it in our brains. Like, hey, I feel like, like you said, you're good at mathematics, right? Well, I'm good at managing things. I may not be good at mathematics, but I can find a good... I said, you should be on my team, right? <laughs> I was like, you help us build something. So some people are good at managing cities and some people are good at managing the things within the cities mm -hmm. but it the whole church thing we made it about in the church it's in the cities it's in the world it's in this earth we have to take care of it but we so have to, many people are operating in fear because that's what they've been raised in and that's what they've been taught yep. and if you think about it you know the tribulation and all of this stuff it to be honest until charlie and i came here and went to Rhema, yeah. I was terrified of God because that's what I had been taught. 
And I was terrified that if I stepped out of line, God was going to take my kids because that was the most precious thing to me because that's what you're taught. And then you're taught to look towards the end of time. There's just tribulation going to come. And, and, and if you're not taken up, then you weren't really saved. And, you, yeah. and, and we operate in so much fear yeah. and afraid all the time that we're automatically given the enemy control. Because, well, it's know, the perfect yeah. false doctrine. Mm-hmm. Because it, it does all those things. It stops them from moving forward, makes them think there's no forward movement, makes them think they're defeated, puts them in fear, mm-hmm. paralyzed. Yep. But we're getting unstuck. Everybody say, I'm unstuck. I'm unstuck. I'm unstuck. <laughs> I want to read one more thing, and then I, I want you to do a quick wrap-up. Yep. And, uh, and then there's food, but Corey's available to continue discussion. But I do want to formally release after this, and then we can go on all night. I don't care. I'm, Corey, I'm sure no, Corey, I'm will, here, dude. Corey will sleep tomorrow morning. I ain't morning. trying to go care. retire again. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I only want to bring this up because I Not think yet, Scripture is super important. And just to sow a seed that maybe we're looking at this wrong. And this all started for me when I heard the Lord say, you're on the wrong side of history. And some of y'all know this, but I want to read the first chapter of book of revelations is just two quick um, parts in it and chapter one verse one um, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to show his servants things which must shortly take place shortly take place and he sent and signified it by his angel and his servant John who bore witness to the world of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Um, Blessed is he who reads these and those who hear these words of this prophecy and keep these things which are written in it, for the time is near. Verse 3. And if you jump down to verse 19, it says this. Write these things which you have seen and the things which are. So the things that you have seen the things which are and the things which will take place after this. So he's saying, what, what he's getting ready to show him, he's saying, I'm showing you things that have been, some versions say, things that are taking place and things that must quickly take place. And he says it over and over again, shortly. Things must shortly take place. And the end of Revelation even says, come Lord Jesus, and he comes quickly, he yep. comes soon. And just to bring that home, one little deal, in, in the book of, I believe it's Daniel, it says, shut this book up, for these things are far off. And 450-something years later, it starts coming to pass. The Messiah being born, Jesus being born. In the book of Revelations, it says, don't seal up this book, for these things must quickly take place. So good. And we're 2,000 years later saying, when are these things happening? So, so when you read it from the right side of history, which we haven't been taught, you start to realize, whoa, we've this been, has already happened. We've been thinking we're in the wrong age. Yes. So we're in an age where we're kings. We're kings. He loves us. Judgment isn't coming to the whole world. It says that the law brings judgment. But sin brings grace. 
grab a hold of that. Your sin brings God's grace. And that's why it says don't use grace as an excuse to sin. You've been freed from the law. You've been freed from that wrath. Sin brings grace. He has grace. It says that the whole world has been given over to their transgressions. Why? So that he can show his mercy. That's trippy. Because we're taught that he is looking down on us, getting ready to judge us all. And that's not what he's doing. We're being held down, and we don't have to be held down anymore. You want to wrap us up? Yeah, so I'll just say a prayer, guys. He said wrap. I'll wrap my prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Can you beatbox for him? That's all right. Thank you, Father, for today, for tonight, for all these souls in this place. Lord, I bless them, all these spirits. My brothers and sisters, Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for the blessing of Abraham to touch and come upon every single one of their lives, for the promise of Abraham to be revealed wide open. Open up the promise for them, Lord. Show them their land. Show them their inheritance. Show them their purposes, how they can make the world a better place. And Father, I just ask that, that you would get that personal relationship with them that you desire, that, that they would seek you, that you guys would turn to him and, and really ask him what's going on. Really demand, I want to know, because that's how you get to know. <laughs> you have to really want to know. And Father, I pray that this kingdom seed goes forth and it is not taken out by the enemy, but it takes root. Let the kingdom seed take root here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in these lives. And we bless this city. We declare no evil shall ever be in charge of this city again because the people of God are waking up to the truth. They're rising up to the occasion. And heaven is invading this earth, Father. We just pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you. In Jesus' name. You got anything, Jason? I went to our mission, which I don't think you guys realize our vision and mission, really, what we set out. The vision is manifesting God's kingdom to the entire earth, which is what he's talking about. How do we do that? And the mission is what reveal, equip, restore mankind to its fullness in Christ and its kingly authority. Like, that's why we do what we do, yeah. is really establishing fully what has been taken from us. For 2,000 years, we have not lived up to what Christ had done. And so that's really what led to us breaking away from traditions and saying, hey, this is what we're called to do. And it's to reveal, it's to manifest. Like that's, manifest, that's Romans, what is it, 7? I can't even think of it. But manifesting the sons of God, that's what we're called to do. When we get this, Revelation that we're sons, we're kings, we're to manifest it on the earth. And like he said, it's not going to take 50 years. It took him two years. He got a hold of it. He started living it, and it's two years. So that's literally what Breakaway has been about. It's literally what we were founded on, vision and mission, to bring forth the restoration that we're called to live.